sometimes people feel alone by themselves, and sometimes people feel alone with people. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a topic you're not, you don't want to talk about. You know, no, no, no. Um, uh, but topics we do want to talk about. Let's fight of the Concords. Um, who? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's a it's an episode that. Honestly, I, I was interested in covering because, you know, like when you think about um, the month of November and and the whole like being thankful thing, and mm-hmm. you know, trying to pick out properties that align with Thanksgiving, which isn't the most popular uh, topic for film or video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too many Thanksgiving-based video games that I'm aware of, um, and. The only the only like film that comes to mind that really does it well, I think, is like Adam's Family Values. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like it's like a, a scene or two about it. It, it. Technically, the Ghostbusters video game takes place during part of Thanksgiving. You know, that's the, true. They talk about they talk about the parade. Yeah, and then and then you know they say Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but th- these these guys, uh, you know, Jermaine Clement and and Brett McKenzie. Um, mm-hmm. the, these are two guys that honestly joe i am very thankful for and it's it's weird to uh get a little too heavy at times (laughs) some of the subject matter (laughs) um but we wanted to talk about some of the things that these guys have done uh Mm -hmm. outside of flight of the concords because a lot of folks may know them predominantly for that um, and may not know that they've recognized them from something else yeah, I mean, at the very yeah. least, you should have accidentally heard or recognized Jermaine's voice. He has done a good deal of voice acting, where oh, yeah. he's popped up in quite a few very popular cartoons, a uh, few few feature films um, as well, and a vampire eyes wide shut party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well b- before we get to that, uh, I think it's it's funny to mention one of the earliest appearances of of this duo and and some folks may may know this i mean a lot of the the dedicated lord of the rings fans uh know of this one but do, were you familiar joe with with brett mckenzie being in the lord of the rings movies not at all like i, I completely missed that i don't find that i think on his imdb page uh he, he's an uncredited cameo he's um an elf escort in both fellowship and return of the king and i couldn't tell you what scene that he's an elf escort in <laughs> and also given given his uh his typical genre that he likes to be a part of is this like a guard or is this a sexy elf escort and they just got cut out of the film you know, i would pretty much consider any any elf to be kind of sexy right yeah they are they're they're <laughs> alluring they're they're like a posh sexy yeah, yeah, there's a classy sexiness to them. Um, yeah, a bougie but, sexy. <laughs> yeah, without getting without getting too deep into the analysis of that, uh, <laughs> if you take yourself back to the early 2000s and and the sourcing of of Lord of the Rings films, you know it's a it's a joke they bring up several times in Fly of the Concords because naturally, New Zealand. Well, what do you really know it for? And you know, most people know it for the fact that that's where these these movies were were filmed. Yeah, I and, just assume that yeah. New Zealand is the Shire. <laughs> well, I mean, there are 
there are parts of it that were built and still existing there, <laughs> but, uh, but really it, it came down to the fact that in New Zealand, you do an open casting call and there's a finite population of people on an Island mm -hmm. and who would end up in these films, but Brett McKenzie and his dad, his dad would oh, also wow. appear in these. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So yeah, was cause it, he does get an upgrade when they start filming the Hobbit where he actually gets a, a named character in uh, Hobbit unexpected journey. Does his dad uh, follow him into that one as well? Well, I mean, uh, even though he, it's uncredited mm -hmm. for, for Brett, um, he does have like real screen time in the uh, return of the King. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the, the camera legit focuses on his face directly as he addresses, you know, Arwen, uh, Liv Tyler. And it's when the elves in the movie are deciding to take off from Middle Earth, right, and escape the, the war that's about to happen. And so he goes, you know, Lady Arwen. And then the camera directly shoots right onto him. You see him. He's got no facial mm -hmm. hair, of course. And, you know, <laughs> he's got long hair and, and, and he's almost unrecognizable. Um, but it's him. And so um, so he actually is on screen there. But, yeah, it was a it's kind of a, a big deal and a, a bit of a heartwarming moment to find out that uh, Peter Jackson found a way to get his dad mm -hmm. back into it because um, there wasn't really any written rules that said you had to get these guys back and uh, it meant a lot to brett's dad to be a part of the films again so it was really cool to yeah to have them show up again <laughs> yeah very and i mean staying with brett like it is one like if you know the group you know that they have grammy awards for the flight of the concords they won three best comedy albums uh together with the distant future Flight of the Concords, and then I told you I was freaky. But uh, Brett actually gets some uh, some Academy Awards just for his own work uh, without uh, it being Flight of the Concords. So if you recall a little movie called The Muppets, Brett does get a, uh, I think it's best original song. He wins for Man or Muppet. And I think um, that's the one, the song in the character where you had uh, he goes back and forth uh, singing between the Muppet and the voice actor whose name is Slipping, but I know he's he played Dr. Sheldon uh, Cooper in um, The Big Bang yeah. Theory. Yep. Yeah, Jim Parsons. And so, yeah, Jim Parsons. Thank you. I don't know how I forgot Jim Parsons. But yeah, the song goes back and forth, I think, between the two of them of seeing Jim Parsons and the Muppet that he's voicing and is really good song <laughs> like yeah. honestly like the muppets was just a fun movie like in general so and i had originally no idea that brett had any any hand in in that movie well you know why he did right because he's like me and he thinks everything's funnier when muppets are involved uh, maybe a little less about function and more about the <laughs> the, the connections here so um the uh, muppets classic hollywoods it's who you know right <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he knew someone uh, and has known someone for quite a long time by the name of James Bobin. Um, we'll we'll oh. talk about the relationship a little bit more in our, our main episode this week where we talk about the, you know, the history of the Flight of the Concords and how they kind of came to be. But mm -hmm. uh, James Bobin 
was a very big part of you know getting the TV show made. Uh, he ended up finding out um, a little bit more about these guys um, on their BBC radio show mm-hmm. that would kind of be like the proto version of the TV show. But ah, okay, um, but yeah, so James Bobin would help them get the the show to air essentially. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a director in Hollywood. He's I mean he he's got several uh, films under his belt, but the Muppets would be one of them. Yeah. So the that's where the connection kind of came in. It's like okay, we need you here to kind of help produce music, and mm-hmm. yeah. So Brett's like, okay, cool. Let me take four out of five. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh yeah mm-hmm. one of them became an academy award winner so yeah uh, and uh yeah. if if bobin does sound familiar um you may recognize him from work such as the uh the Ali g show um yeah. he actually helped um sasha vera cohen create Ali g borat and bruno all th- all three of them even yeah. though bruno is probably the least liked of the three characters <laughs> yeah i would say he um probably the most offensive of the three yeah Yeah. (laughs) probably the most offensive Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but but i mean bobin does have a a pretty strong sense of humor uh and i mean i think it's it's a combination of dryness but also sometimes just comedy as a blunt instrument you know he knows Mm -hmm. how to use it and balance it well so um so yeah it was really funny to to see that connection kind of bear fruit in a sense um and in a big way i mean yeah <laughs> correct, correct me if i'm wrong but are there mm-hmm. any bigger honors than than a freaking academy award <laughs> for, Few. For an actor? and he did get nominated again uh uh for muppets most wanted the sequel to, uh, to the muppets uh and with probably my favorite one of my favorite muppet songs ever ever written was i'll get you what you want a cockatoo in malibu um and if you're unfamiliar with this, this is basically like Kermit's like Russian fugitive doppelganger sings the song to <laughs> Miss Piggy, I believe. And it's flipping hilarious just because it's this super like thick, cheesy Russian accent is used for the entire song. And it's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's like the the corniest but most truthful love song ever made. And it's it's done by Muppets. <laughs> you know, f- funny thing is, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, B- Brett would actually end up using like a fake-ish Russian accent um, in the song uh, Petrov, Yelena, uh, and Me from Fly the Concords. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember that song, it's in the show. They they're like on a boat, and he's slowly eaten by his fellow, uh, <laughs> you know, shipmates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but i mean it, so i mean the 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 russian voice is is not foreign to him he he definitely knows mm-hmm. how to wield it but uh but that's that's pretty funny i haven't seen i haven't seen these recent muppet movies at least not at length so that's why mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how do you so, highly recommend the both of them but yeah mm-hmm. well and and i think it's really cool that he goes from you know what feels kind of like an indie project to going to mm-hmm. these big budget you know high visibility films which is kind of the opposite of where the Jermaine kind of got his start you know outside mm-hmm. of Flight of the concords projects because you know one of the first movies i saw him in and this was not like well advertised i think i just saw like a a preview on a random dvd somewhere for uh, eagle versus shark and i i'm not sure if you've 
Um, I'd be surprised if you've seen this movie. I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, I have not. Like I, I'm looking at the cover of it right now. Um, and the director and writer is someone who I'm very familiar with. But I mean, looking at the cover, like I, it looks hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it's the it's the directorial debut of Taika Waititi. So mm -hmm. for the for the folks that want us to, you know, point arrows at things, this is the dude that brought us the. Thor Ragnarok movie, uh, you know, largely, largely improvised. Yep. Uh, and one of my favorite movies, uh, in the recent years of Jojo rabbit. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Where he, he portrays a, a boy's hallucination of Hitler mm -hmm. <laughs> or her imaginary friend is Hitler. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that sense of, um, like we mentioned the dryness and, you know, a, a particular focus on delivery, you know, that's, that's something that these guys have kind of mastered throughout the years because uh, mm -hmm. as we'll as we'll mention later this week you know uh, brett jermaine and taika all met in college they, they all met in the same college in wellington in new zealand so ah. uh over over time you know the, these guys mm -hmm. uh have really kind of figured each other out and... uh, so it's kind of like the musical version of trey parker matt stone and uh dean bahar <laughs> it sort of feels like yeah, in, in a sense, mm -hmm. except there is that balance of um, actually in a similar fashion. Yeah, I mean, like there is a a, a musical origin to Brett. You know, that's what he mm -hmm. went to college for. Um, and then, you know, Taika and uh, Jermaine, of course, going for, you know, performance actor theaters. You know, yeah. That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it it ended up becoming a pretty interesting balance. And in, in Eagle versus Shark, I mean, obviously the musical side of it's not as not as prevalent, but the but that that sense that you usually get with Jermaine where uh, it, he's he's not being tasked with being a leading man. He's tasked with being awkward and yep. and socially strange. And these guys have got that in spades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you <laughs> you've seen anything or heard their music like that's that is a, that is a realm they thrive in. <laughs> I, and and to your point joe i mean like jermaine plays awkward extremely well um mm -hmm. and in his early performances too like you're, it's, it's not being tested a whole lot right like i mean he was one of the minions in despicable me like yeah what named too like jerry the oh, minion. oh yeah yes yeah. he is jerry <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and then later he would go on to play another socially awkward character in uh, the remake of Dinner for Schmucks that had, um, mm -hmm. oh, was Steve Carell was Steve, in that, yeah. was it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Was it Steve Carell and it? Uh, Paul Rudd? Was Paul Rudd the other guy in that? Yeah, because Paul Paul Rudd was the was the non schmuck, I believe. Right. Yes. Yes, he mm -hmm. was the not schmuck in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, Jermaine would end up playing one of the schmucks invited mm -hmm. to this dinner where they. You know, just lambast these these socially awkward poor bastards. But, <laughs> um, but I mean, he plays that role so well; it's kind of hard mm -hmm. to feel bad for him. Um, it wasn't really until uh, Men in Black Three where a lot of folks kind of got to see a slightly different view of of Jermaine. And yeah, and yeah. he because he was a villain in Men in Black Three as Boris. Oh yeah, he was the main mm -hmm. antagonist in in Men in Black Three as yeah. as Boris the animal, mm -hmm. <laughs> and 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 he does a pretty good job with it. I mean, uh, a lot of times when you see comedic actors take on, mm -hmm. you know, more serious roles, um, I mean, you just I, the sky isn't exactly the limit here. Yeah, 
but I mean, he does play a comedic villain quite well. And mm -hmm. since Men in Black 3 is a time traveling movie, he plays both the younger and the older versions of this guy. I mean, I, I thought he did a pretty solid job with it. And I know a lot of people didn't quite care for Men in Black 3 as a, you know, as a plot and, and how they mm -hmm. delivered it. But, but I mean, the performances of, uh, of Jermaine and, um, oh God, uh, I always forget his name. Literally Tommy Thanos. Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, but his younger version. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, Thanos. Ah, yep. Yeah, gonna... Josh Brolin. Yep. Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Yep. Yeah. Cable. Yeah, so like... Thanos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So seeing him in Men in Black 3 was a, kind of a shock for a lot of people because, for one, he is covered in a decent amount of prosthetics. But um, I think it was just the fact that he did show some range there. Um, and... <laughs> And then, oddly <laughs> enough, as we talk about range, he does show up in uh, in the Muppets movie. And I, I've only yeah. seen the clip of him being one of these Russian, you know, prison uh, guys. Mm -hmm. He's the prison <laughs> king. <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty funny in that movie. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is one of the things that I don't know if everyone's aware of. But these guys were both in an episode of, uh, of uh, Tim and Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, you know, Brett was in uh, tennis, right? Were they both in the same episode? Yeah, they're the same episode as the like the tennis doubles for yeah. Tim and Eric. <laughs> <This is> so <laughs> you, you very clearly know that it's not mm -hmm. it's not Tim it's and not Eric. The it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look. Not, if you're unfamiliar with Tim and Eric, uh, the Tim and Eric show. Uh, no, it's the Tim and Eric awesome show. Great job. Um, yeah. if you're unfamiliar with that. These two look nothing like Tim and Eric. <laughs> so when you have them as their as their tennis doubles, it's it, yeah, it's uh, it's right up there with the stunt cock. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the similarities. Well, they're men, mm -hmm. and then yeah. it stops. It stops mm -hmm. there. <laughs> That's it. That is the long and short of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I mean, I think that's just kind of going to be their, mm -hmm. their shtick is they're always going to be, oh, yeah. you know, held in a comedic uh, state of mind. And mm -hmm. that's just kind of hard to avoid with them. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, one of the, another one that certainly anyone who has children will recognize uh, is uh, Jermaine's role as uh, Tamatoa oh, in yes. Moana. You'll think of that the <laughs> big old glam crab. Who likes shiny things and <laughs> holding on to all things shiny and letting no one get away with his shiny possessions? Uh, yeah. And a very, very a catchy song in a movie of catchy songs, by the way. You know, I felt bad for him because when I read the reviews of this, people were actually kind of hard on him for having a song that doesn't really kind of play along with the rest of the soundtrack of Moana. You know, because yeah, mm -hmm. you know, the rest of it has Pacific Island inspired language mm -hmm. and and songs, and you know, it's about the ocean. And then you've got you've got this <laughs> uh, this this David <laughs> Bowie inspired <laughs> uh, theme song for a mm -hmm. giant crab. Uh, but but then you've got Jermaine, who he just he perfectly plays this yep this ridiculous you know antagonist that. Mm -hmm. uh, says hilarious things where, uh, oh God, he's just like, like when he's talking about the, you know, the heart of Tafiti, and he goes, uh, or in, and Moana makes the, you know, the decoy version of it. And he's mm -hmm. like, he's like, oh, it's a piece of coral covered in bioluminescent algae. <laughs> 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 and, and then, 
And then he's yeah, he's like, he's, you can't run from me. And then she runs away and he goes, Oh, you can oh, run. Can. You oh surprise, <laughs> yeah. What does he say? Uh, you continue to surprise <laughs> me or something like me. that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that oh that, my gosh. That's a performance that I think uh will crack anybody up if they're just yeah. watching that. And apparently, um he also is still Tamatoa when they do the Maori dub of this movie, uh, which I haven't seen. Oh, the Maori dub. But I, he was, yeah, because he he is Maori. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah, Jermaine is is is. Uh, I think his mother was Maori. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that aren't aren't quite familiar, this is the proud peoples of the New Zealand you know territory yes. that the Maori folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it's yeah. kind of like how uh, uh with the. Uh, Oh, what's his name from um, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier? You know, he uh, he was like the dub of uh, Lightning McQueen in the German version of Cars. Oh God! Um, oh, I, I always forget the actors. Hugo name. Weaving? No, 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 no. Um, uh, God, no, no, no. It's it's it, it, yeah, it's not going to happen. Or sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. it's uh um yep, it's killing me. It's I can't remember his character's name right now. It's it's I'm I'm so mad. It's um like I remember the comic book character has like a purple mask with lines all over it. He's Honest. out of line, but he's right. It's a total. <laughs> it's a meme. Uh, yeah, you're dude. I, this this kind of thing is uh what I call the three a.m. thoughts where <laughs> it's in there. You, mm-hmm. you forget it, and then it just shoots right back. And uh, 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 Daniel Brühl, Dan- Daniel Brühl, he plays uh, Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo, there yeah. it is. Yep, son of yeah. a bitch. Like Baron Zemo literally plays Lightning Queen in the German version of Cars. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> but but that's cool. I I actually wasn't aware of that. That's that's really funny that uh, they managed mm-hmm. to get him for that too. It's kind of like a. I don't know. I mean, I consider that to be the same area of the world, even though it's a little bit south. You know. It's yeah. uh, it's some Islander history, so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cool throwback. And believe it or not, Jermaine even also has a Lord of the Rings connection. Mm. Oh yeah, wait, that's he right. Was... He was Sauron. He was Sauron. Yeah, in, uh, in, in, in Lego the, Batman. Uh, Lego Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I remember> that. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is a is a surprisingly good movie, like for kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lego, so, like the Lego movies, like the Lego games, are surprisingly really good. <laughs> yeah, well, and that that movie's just loaded with uh, with acting talent. But yeah, the, I remember seeing Sauron and then hearing him talk, and I go, "That's, that's fucking Jermaine. That's one guy. <laughs> yep, yep. There's, there's no doubt in my mind who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like, he can try and change his voice as much as he wants to, but like, it's Jermaine. We yeah. know it's you." And we love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's instantly recognizable, both physically mm-hmm. and just the just the audio track of of him. Yep. <laughs> so. And what I've also noticed, see, apparently he's an Avatar two and three that are coming out. So yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. And, and and no mm-hmm. one's really talking about that yet because mm-hmm. uh, we obviously didn't you know no. we didn't intimately know about that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I do, I do uh, want to see what he ends up doing because yeah. these guys are kind of getting, you know, shoehorned into roles where mm-hmm. they're playing, you know, pretty specific types of awkward, you know, socially weird <laughs> little, characters. Little quirky fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
but you know, kind of shifting away from movies for a minute, you know, one of the well, it's like a pseudo movie. It was a movie that became <laughs> a mockumentary TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jemaine and, and Taika Watiti paired back up for what we do in the shadows, which really just kind of shook people in a comedic sense because yeah. I, I mean, suddenly you've got this this TV show slash movie about <laughs> about ancient vampires living in the modern day and <laughs> it's it's told in the vein of like an like the office you know yeah that it's like a workplace humor style show um you've got like the main thing going on and then suddenly this zoom in on one one vampire talking about <laughs> their perspective of the scene well and it's their perspective told from what their viewpoints of the world were hundreds of mm-hmm. years ago, because these are ancient vampires and, and, uh, and, and these are the rules of, of old vampires. We're not talking mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like sparkles or, no. you know, the, the, this, the, this is the vampire Lestat era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both in, in fashion and in uh, like actually hadn't been invited into places. <laughs> And, and so uh it, it definitely has their stamp but uh <laughs> but it is so different it is so unique and you know i haven't had a chance to watch the uh the tv series as i mentioned but but, but i mean the ratings for that show are are insane it was like a 93 percent mm-hmm. like rating in the first season like 90 or sorry 93 in the first like 98 percent in the second and People love the shit out of That's it. It's pretty so. solid, yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that Metacritic? I think it's Metacritic. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a user aggregate. But man, that like, and and I I love the movie. The movie was mm-hmm. just so damn funny and so so uniquely strange, but also, you know, for fans of vampires, as as we've just wrapped up, you know, spooky season here. Uh, <laughs> it's a shame we didn't, mention it, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I guess mm-hmm. the the larger point to make here is that yes, you know, Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement are kind of known for a specific brand of mm-hmm. of humor and comedy, and we will definitely tear into some of the specificity of Fly of the Concords and what they achieve there. But if you haven't seen them before, mm-hmm. and and you haven't looked at, uh, or I should say, if you haven't seen any of their work outside of Fly of the Concords. Definitely give it a chance. There's a ton mm-hmm. of cool stuff. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I hear uh that as long as there's a record deal, they're always gonna be friends. Oh uh, <laughs> ah, no, that was that, that was, was the other that was, HBO. That was tenacious D, but I mean yep. we're <laughs> <laughs> which which actually, you know what? That's that's an interesting mm-hmm. controversy that we will save for later this week so definitely tune in as we will do a deep dive on the history of this this folk duo which i believe joe uh they're the fourth most popular folk duo in new zealand so that's it's uh that's folk country so that's saying something 